0: What's going, how on, what's going on how you doing doing good doing good man happy uh happy wednesday i feel like it's uh, been <laughs> been a while since we've done a podcast but it's only been what five days but yeah i
1: mean time goes fast when, when we're plugging away but uh here we are man episode five so
0: yeah it's hard to believe we're already on episode five and yeah we're excited to have this guy uh guy on today uh cause i mean um You've been following him, I think, for longer than I have. But I mean, he's got some interesting ideas: a trade subscription service, same day pay to carriers without, um, you know, without fees. Um, you know, some ideas I've never, you know, never heard of. So,
1: yeah, I mean, I first saw him, uh, first time I saw him, I saw he was the supply chain cowboy, and I've already uh, kind of had some interest about how that came to be. And that uh, we got him here today on the show, so let's bring him in.
0: Yeah, let's, uh, let's do it. Hey, guys. Going hey, on, guys? Happy How Wednesday. Doing? How are you doing? Good, good. How are you guys? Good, man. Just, just surviving. I think Alex got his truck <laughs> booked uh, today before we got on the show, which is it's a good thing. So, nice. Three dollars a mile each way, right? Yeah, it's all Alex gets. Three, three <laughs> to five dollars a mile, right?
2: Yeah,
1: I don't run under four per mile.
2: <laughs> Solid, dude. I need to get a job with you, man. I don't know what I'm doing.
1: Hey, we're always looking for more dispatchers, bro.
2: (laughs) I mean, let's start
1: it off, man, with the background. I think that's been kind of our template lately. So, I mean, how you got into logistics from the start?
2: Yeah. So, um, you know, it's funny you mentioned dispatching because that's actually what I started doing. I worked with um, my uncle, just brought me into random stuff. I mean, I was like 17 years old. So, I was dispatching trucks for a long time, man, just local Chicago, um, you know, going into different states as well. Uh, So, that's kind of how I initiated, you know, getting into logistics. Um, And I had a lot of ups and downs through my career. I worked for like a consolidator for a little bit without even knowing it. They were, you know, typical Chicago stuff, they were rail and freight. And that's actually how I learned about intermodal a little bit, you know, once I caught on and understood the process and it helped me because then, you know, I got into the brokerage uh, arena a little bit. I found a ad on Craigslist, um, like when I was like <laughs> nine years. <laughs> yeah. Landstar was hiring. So I was like, you know, being on the carrier side, I didn't understand the brokerage side. So I was like, I'm
0: gonna go Wait, get a job. On the Landstar
1: ad on Craigslist. Craigslist.
0: Do any companies yeah. still hire on Craigslist or what year? What year was this? This was, like,
2: I was 18, so almost, like, it was about 10 years ago.
0: Oh, wow. That's yeah. crazy to think how this industry has came in 10 years, that, you know, 10 years ago, we are still doing Craigslist ads for jobs. I mean, I had a driver hiring
1: drivers off Craigslist, and I was only maybe two years ago, so who knows? Maybe Craigslist still
0: still going, man. Yeah, no, maybe I'll have to try that out on the recruiting side, <laughs> make an announcement on LinkedIn. Yeah, I'm posting jobs on Craigslist now, guys.
2: It was a different time, man. Like I just replied to the ad. I was like, you know, I dispatched before. I know all about how to negotiate with carriers. They sat me down. They're like, we'll give you $600 a week. And if you book 20 loads in a week, you get an extra 100 bucks. And I was like, awesome. You know, I didn't even understand like, you know, real commission structures or anything like that. But I just jumped in there to learn about the industry. And that really opened up my doors because they did a little bit of everything. They were like an agent uh, for Landstar. And, uh, yeah, I learned the ins and outs and, you know, after that kind of just moved around to uh, different startup brokerages and, you know, got, got my, uh, put some feathers in my hat. So,
0: and now you're, where's Amex, uh, Amex located? Are you in, it looks like it's nice out wherever you are. Um, I'm are in guys? Chicago. Oh, so maybe it's an optical illusion. I see the nice <laughs> in the background. It looks like it's a sunny sky. Nice day
2: no seriously like it was 30 degrees in the morning and now i regret wearing a turtleneck because it's 60 degrees so that's just how chicago works man
0: that should have given it away i guess the turtleneck you're not (laughs) not in warm weather (laughs) yeah
1: you got into it with landstar and they kind of gave you and it's like uh, i talked about this a lot with overseas stuff it's uh, some companies like a university you know you go in there you don't get paid the best but you you get you know some experience in the industry so
2: Yeah, that's all it is. Honestly, up until this point of kind of, you know, launching my own company, I always looked at it like that, you know, I made great money along the way. Um, But I always convinced myself, you know, I always got into it, like, oh, I could have made more, I could have made more. But honestly, you can't put a price on the experience that I've gained. And, you know, just being exposed to all the problems that, you know, I'm now trying to solve, uh, you know, through my own company, that's, you know, it, it pays off more than any dollar amount.
1: No, I mean, I tell that to a lot of people uh, that reach out to me and say, Hey, you know, I've never done, done any dispatching. I've never gone into brokerage. Like, how do I start? And I always say the same thing, find any role that will let you come in with no experience. The pay might not be great, but stick it out and just learn as much as you can, as fast as you can. And, you know, the opportunities will find you after that. Because just a lot don't of non compete, I mean, you're missing one part, just don't sign a non compete. Yeah, 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 I mean, I've never been involved in that, so let's definitely take Matt's advice on that. But, um, yeah, I mean, you got to start somewhere, and I think, um, you know, there's a lot of courses coming out where hey, you learn how to dispatch, pay a thousand bucks. And I always say, like, you can't learn logistics without doing it, and it's it always makes more sense to get a base level job than to maybe pay for a course, in my
0: opinion. Well, you see that in the broker side too. Like, I was talking to Someone the other day, and there's a freight certificate, freight broker, uh, freight uh, boot camp uh, certificate, and there's people that are applying for jobs saying, "Hey, I'm a certified freight broker, but you've never, <laughs> like you've never moved a load, you've never worked in a brokerage, so it's
1: with doing some training, but I wouldn't put my, my eggs in the basket that you'll get a good job with just the certificate.
0: Oh, yeah. 100% training is great. But yeah, I mean, going to a job and being like, Hey, yeah, I got a certificate. Hire me is <laughs> might have some problems. <laughs> no, so it's,
1: it's Where, Where'd you go after that?
2: Yeah, so no, I just I, I helped a, a couple different trucking companies start up brokerages because that was like, every trucking company when the market, you know, was good. Um, they all wanted to start brokerages. So I did that for like a couple companies, uh, throughout my career, you know, just small startup shops to this date, you know, they're still, uh, pretty small, uh, if they're around at all, I have no idea. And then, you know, I, I ended up in my last company, uh, which, you know, we blew up pretty quickly and then, um, you know, started to do my own thing. But that's the funny thing about, you know, uh, the experience aspect, um, at one of the startups I was at, I only hired people with zero experience and it turned out to be the absolute most successful um, you know, startup that there was. So honestly, it's it's easier to train new people than it is taking a person out of one company and then trying to teach them the new way when they're used to like the TQL way or the you know whatever uber freight way you know it's all different so yeah it's funny you mention that because when I was job hunting
1: I don't know a couple months ago half a year ago let's say um somebody had told me you know I had a lot of experience at the time and they said like oh I'd rather hire somebody with zero experience because my company does things such a specific way it's faster to teach a new person than to retrain you and I mean I kind of thought it was silly but the, the principle does make sense
0: well, there's a lot of bad habits that are taught too. I mean yeah. you see all this stuff on LinkedIn every day of bad outreaches and you know who's somebody's teaching someone's teaching this stuff so to unteach bad habits I can see being you know a problem too.
2: Yeah no a hundred percent. you see a lot of that. I've seen a lot of it on LinkedIn. I don't put a lot of like personal opinions out on LinkedIn. I don't know if you caught that on Alex because you've been following me for quite some time. You know? yeah, you're
1: like a pretty, uh, I would say, reserved LinkedIn poster when it comes. Yeah, to you know,
2: that. I, I try and keep it professional. I try and be a little funny, you know. Um, but, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of like just bad stuff out there, especially now. That's why like m- most of the stuff you see, though, is relevant to the spot market. I hate the spot market. I don't like to deal with the spot market. I don't have a data account you know, or any like load board account, I strictly want to do, you know, relationship uh, business, which is how this whole subscription model, it's it's the only way it's going to work. Um, as opposed to other like tech, you know, 3PLs and brokerages that uh, it's kind of more reliant on like almost moving people off a of spot board and having them use their spot board, you know, so um, but, yeah, I see a lot of problems around the spot market and, you know, theft, yeah. all that stuff. So going you don't on. have a DAT account right now. like, just no DAT no.
1: account.
2: No, <laughs> oh, wow. No, no uh,
1: that's, DAT the first, yeah, that's the first
2: first. <laughs> it's a great tool. It's a great tool. So it's not a dig on, on data at all. Uh, no. They're a very impressive company. You know, they've gained so much market share. I admire them. Um, but n- no way that... Uh, with everything going on right now that I would I don't even need it first of all but second of all I'm not going to risk that type of stuff because if someone takes my load man you know I'm, I'm i let's get into
1: that like since you don't have a DAT account um like tell us like what, what does your day look like what
0: type of freight do you move? how do you move it like you know like yeah I guess adding so- on to I'm guessing your freight you're not getting a lot of same day freight or last minute freight no, I don't want it. I
2: mean, so let me kind of give you guys a rundown of exactly what what we do. So you'll have a better understanding. So most of our work is is dredge and warehousing. So we do a ton of fulfillment for like e-commerce, um, you know, different uh, different types of companies that start with first mile and then, you know, need us to transload stuff, warehouse stuff, then uh, distribute out. And um As far as the truck portion, we usually just outsource that, you know, to someone we have a relationship with. I know a lot of big trucking companies, um, you know, that we let handle that uh, on a contract basis, basically without the contract, you know, it's like project freight. Um, So drayage is our main space. That's kind of like, you know, what we really have a a niche for where we got really good at same with the warehousing, transloading, palletizing, sorting. You know, um, and just now uh, we are asset based as well, uh, but we don't do like, you know, commercial vehicles. We're only doing a final
0: mile and parcel delivery to help with that distribution. end. that makes that makes sense. Our, so it makes sense then why you don't have a, a D.A.T. Yeah. Um. You know, you can get you can get by. With I just think about the post I saw the other day when DAT was gone, like all these memes of brokers losing their mind. But DAT could have been down for three days for you and it wouldn't wouldn't have made any difference.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, again, it's it's really we don't take like spot work like we don't, you know, reach out to our customers like, hey, can we get on your spot board? You know what I mean? It's very transactional. Everything I cover, any, um, you know, freight that me or my team gets in, it's done with a phone call every time because we know what markets we service, we know who we you know use, have relationships with and we just call them hey, I got this much volume, can you do this, blah blah blah, very very simple. So it's like it
1: does, that doesn't really know anything about drayage. Like I'm not going to sit here and pretend like yeah, I know everything about drayage. Like how does that work? Like what is like when does the truck come in? How do they haul the freight? How does that work? Like, just as a quick you know, hey, hey,
0: hey. I, ask too, I don't know anything. Really don't about any papers, I'm not going to pretend that I do. I'd rather ask and be told by
1: somebody that doesn't.
2: You know? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's always at the port or railroad. Right. You know, you got no, these I, ships yeah. that bring in these big containers. Uh, you know, it, it differs on the, the location or the port. You know, sometimes you have to set an appointment. Uh, some railroads are first come, first serve. I mean, most I would say. Um, so it, it kind of differs on that end, but it's, it's basically, you know, it's like regionalized work. It's just a whole lot of milk runs, basically, you know, you got one truck that can, you know, pick up multiple containers, two or three in a day, turn those, uh, and it's all, you know, within one sector, one region. So that's why it's easier. And, and that's kind of how we're able to offer like the whole subscription model that we're pushing out. Because all the freight is in one area. You know what I mean? Like with over-the-road trucking, you're going state to state, you know, all the time, long miles. With drayage, it's, you know, you're servicing one area. So it's all the same providers in each one of those cities, um, you know, and and they can try and move as as much as they can, basically. So
1: when the container comes off the ship, from my understanding, it goes on to a chassis. It's a, it's mm-hmm. a transmission. I thought a truck would come in and pull that into a warehouse to be offloaded and then reloaded.
2: Yeah, Yeah, it it goes to, you know, depends on your customers. But, you know, it goes to a warehouse, goes to a distribution center. Uh, It's usually drop and hook, you know, for like big uh, companies like large retailers, you know, because all their containers are floor loaded. Um, And then, you know, you drop a container. Two days later, it's empty. You bring another loaded back, take that empty, terminate it at the port. Um, so you
1: guys aren't really doing like like that final mile stuff where it's like you're not really hauling OTR. You're just bringing in and out containers to warehouse for, for the most part.
2: Yeah. Well, we bring it to our own warehouse. So, uh, your we own do,
1: warehouse.
2: yeah, we do, you know, we lease warehouses and things like that. And we do the fulfillment um, for the customers and they send their own trucks in a lot uh, of the so time. The
1: container goes to the warehouse it gets offloaded and it gets reloaded into some other OTR truck to, to go where it needs to go.
2: Yeah exactly you know it's really uh the core of like supply chain you know I don't really like to think we're in logistics, just logistics, transportation. It's just like supply chain as a whole, you know. Yeah. So like,
1: I, I basically, I never thought about it. Like, when the container comes off the ship, then what? So this is the, the first step, I would say. Like,
2: yeah. Yeah. They just shoot it into the sky <laughs> and lands wherever it needs
1: to. Yeah, shoot it out of a cannon into the final destination. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. How,
0: how does that work with, with cost then? Um, because I mean, I know with a truckload, I mean, it's pretty easy. How much does it weigh? Where is it going from point A to point B? I mean, I, I remember looking into DRAGE oh, a long time ago, but there's so many different factors, right, that determine the cost to to the customer. So h- how would that work with like a subscription, you know, DRAGE service? Because like I said, I don't know much about DRAGE, but I think there's a lot more factors that determine cost than, you know, on just a regular truckload, right?
2: No, 100%. And that's what we've eliminated uh, by basically building an infrastructure and a network that it, you know, is capable of, of handling that without those accessorial fees, you know? So, um, you know, what you're referring to is accessorial. So you have like, you know, chassis and, and splits and different small dollar amounts that add up and equate to to more to the rate than what you initially quote, basically, you know? And I'm just saying it as as simply as possible. So if I tell you I'm going to do drage on this container, Um, and I'll do it for $400, you won't really know what you pay until it's done. So the bill will actually be like $675 or something like that, right? Um, Just because of those additional charges, you know, people charge detention at the port, um, you know, depending on loading time, just like they would uh, for unloading a truck, Um, you know, chassis fees, everybody makes up their own accessorials, basically. So like some people charge $30 a day for chassis, some charge 40, like you never really know, you know, and it's a huge problem uh, that, you know, I've seen time and time again, for different customers, because they really don't know what they're paying, you know, so basically, we have created the infrastructure. So all of our rates are just Monthly subscription rates. So every container, every lane has a specific dollar amount to it, and it'll never be more. It'll never be
0: less. I feel like that'd be a I'm glad you brought that up. I feel like that'd be a big problem for you know a lot of customers. You know, they think that it's going to cost five hundred. They get a bill for eight hundred. You know, going back and forth with the billing department sounds like it's you know can be a a major a major headache. You know, not knowing what it's going to cost. And there's probably brokers who you know are. Know, dishonest and probably take advantage of that i would i would guess
2: 100 percent. yeah a lot of the times you know people are throwing uh different accessorials on there like congestion fees or uh, additional day of chassis or a split when they didn't really have to go to a different location like it's super common and uh, i've seen it firsthand but the thing is is that everybody thinks it's just kind of industry standard so a lot of the times they don't even double check it or audit it and the companies that do they don't do it correctly so there's a ton of money out there on the table that is basically just going into someone's pocket Uh, and you know business is business but i'm just going to come in and save them that money instead and you know we'll still make you know a living right it's it's going to be at lesser margins but we'll have the volume and that's what's important
0: is that a big selling point then when you're, you're kind of going back to the sales process when you're selling, you know, these companies on, you know, like making them aware that, you know, they might be paying a lot more than they think they're paying? Because in the truck side, you don't really, we won't really see that as much. But on your side, that's got to be a major, a major selling point, I would think.
2: Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I don't really vo- voice that because a lot of the calls I get on, it's like, hey, we don't believe you you know what i mean like we've been paying accessorials for years what are you talking yeah. about? You like know? from from the beginning
1: everybody paying it. Like-
2: yeah and you know i talk to a lot of people and it, it's just like you know it's a funny concept to them they're like wait so um we only pay this rate and we're never like what about chassis what about this i'm like why ask the questions just get <laughs> in the don't worry about it and just watch it get done because i don't want to go and be like well you never had to pay those fees anyway you're just working with the wrong people because i don't want to you know put other people down basically
1: but how does it work if you do actually run into like um like those some of those fees Like, let's say you quote just for example you're like hey i'll move this one container into this warehouse for you it'll be four hundred dollars but what happens if you get like detention or if like you get hit with something like someone
2: like we don't you know that's how we have it um Our infrastructure set basically because we have like lease deals for trucks, right? Uh, So we pay those each truck like a weekly amount for that truck, basically. So let's say my truck costs me fifteen hundred a week with the driver, and then you know I don't have to pay anybody else. we have like set
1: costs is basically for lack of a better term, like a company driver. He gets his weekly pay. He's gonna run as much containers as he can, and that's it.
2: Exactly. Like we have it set up like that, basically, to where there is no room for someone trying to get one over on me, or you know, on. Yeah, you have like a
0: fixed operating cost for the most. How do you deal though with things that are like out of your control, like the port taking too long or delays, you know, and adding detention? I mean, because like you know, for truckload, I mean, you can't necessarily control if it's a terrible facility that you know has a bad reputation for keeping trucks there (laughs) for twelve hours, you know,
2: whatever. The driver's getting paid at the end of the week. What's it matter? Yeah, you know, know,
0: the driver right, has
1: weekly yeah. pay, and,
2: daily pay. Uh, that's true. That's yeah. And no matter what, like, we're positive at the end of the day, you know, on our PL, uh, per se. So, it, you know, sometimes we take a hit. We don't get as much times or turns out of a driver, uh, but it, you know, it's not an issue. We're still making money. And it's, you know, it's just a different way of doing, you know, yeah,
1: it's, costs. it's a fixed cost to the, the customer, fixed cost, you know, running costs for you for the most part. I mean, the drivers are getting, you know, they know what they're getting paid. Um, I like that that model with company drivers where it's like, um, you know, a lot of carriers have shifted from rate per mile. A lot of guys are starting to get paid weekly because, you know, the, there's just um, the drivers that get paid per mile. They want the most miles. But in this market, it doesn't make sense. So a lot of carrier like owners have switched to say, hey, I'm going to pay you $1,500 a week or whatever it is, $2,000 a week, and you're going to run any load, I tell you, to, short or long, and at the end of the week, you get the same pay. It's fine.
2: Yeah. No, and that's, you know, what we touched up on when we talked previously is that's how we're kind of trying to create same-day pay to drivers, almost like Uber. You know, once you complete a trip, you get paid, right? And we want to do the same thing without the percentages and the quick pay and and all that stuff because – At the end of the day, a lot of these companies, you know, their commodity is freight, but our main commodity is money and cash flow. And it's a huge issue in the industry right now. ton of brokers and uh, different companies out there not paying their bills and just messing up people's operations. Um, You know, a lot of disputes. I mean, you see it all over LinkedIn, people just not getting you know, their money, basically. So we want to solve a cash flow issue moving forward as well. You know, so no matter what, that doesn't really uh, occur so that, you know, companies aren't getting left out, you know, in the rain, basically. Do you guys,
0: yeah. how, how does that work with your with your billing department on, on that? I mean, would that cut some costs and, you know, the, you know, the billing department and dealing with quick pay and time too? I would think that you know, doing something like that would save you a lot of time as well.
2: Yeah. So the, the way it's set up, because it's a, like a subscription, we know exactly what we're getting and we know exactly what we're paying. I mean, all of our costs are figured out, you know, unless something crazy happens with one of our customers, which usually doesn't because we only work with, you know, pretty large enterprise companies. We don't have any like, you know, small businesses really that we work with. Um, so it, it, it's easy to manage our costs, you know, and that's all we are. Like at the end of the day, people, a lot of people don't understand that as a uh, as a as a 3pl a brokerage whatever you are you're not really like you know you're a service but at the end of the day you are a bank and if you don't have your finances in order and, and you know you control uh have a good grip on your cash flow it's everybody's problem you know so that's really what we're focused on on the back end is the actual financial aspect of our company. you guys
0: Rece- uh, insuring your receivables then or, or factoring? Because you brought up a good point. I mean, there's, I hear stories all the time, you know, $400,000 credit limit to this, you know, enterprise shipper, they go broke, they don't pay their bills, you know, and then the brokerage, you know, is in, in big trouble. How do you guys kind of handle that?
2: Yeah. So, I mean, starting out, cause you know, we're, we're still in startup mode here. Yeah. We, uh, we insure our receivables. Um, we have a really good deal just because of the, financial company that is kind of, you know, sees the potential and what we're doing and the, and the volume that's already coming in. Um, so it doesn't really, you know, play much of effect as far as like a percentage or something like that.
0: And then it gives us instant cash flow to give out. So Is your plan in the future then, you know, to just do it yourself? Or do you guys think that's, you know, a model long term you guys you want to want to stick with?
2: No, yeah, we're going to do it ourselves actually sooner than later. You know, uh, I would say within sometime next year, we're just going to self finance everything. And we're 100% bootstrapped. Like, we don't have any investor money. I haven't even taken a loan from Chase. You know what I mean? (laughs) And a lot of companies, you know, that's how they start. But I'm just injecting my own cash into this project at the moment. How many um, employees do do you
0: guys have, by the way? I don't think we asked that.
2: uh, Right now, we're like roughly around 10, give or take. Uh So do you have like your own trucks that, that you're running this?
1: Or this is just given out to like carriers, you know?
2: So it, it it depends on the market. We have very strong carrier partnerships on the DreaGen, but we also have, uh, we've got into like leasing, like I mentioned, where we lease the company truck and the driver. So they still operate under their authority and their insurance. That's how we stay asset light. But we have, we dispatch them basically. Uh, so so yeah,
1: basically I have one of my trucks, um, it's in the same situation. It's my truck, it's my authority, it's my driver, but I basically gave it to, to a broker that I trust and he just runs my truck Monday to Friday. Yeah, like exactly. Uh, so it's the same idea.
2: Yeah, and we have a set amount that we pay them on a weekly basis, but you know, we're obviously, with the work we're giving them, we're making more. So it's like- Yeah, so
1: you basically just tell them, I'm taking your truck and your driver, he's running Monday to Friday, I'm going to pay you at the end of the week this amount, and that's how that works.
2: Yep, 100%.
0: That's smart. Everybody's
2: happy. Everybody's
0: happy. I like that. that. It sounds like you got carriers in the chat that are already wanting your uh, freight. Looks like Abdul asked, "Do you have loads out of the Houston area?"
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we do actually. We got them everywhere. I mean, guys, add me on LinkedIn. We got a ton of, uh, you know, drage work coming in like crazy. Um, I think, like, come January, it's you know, it's gonna be news headline. Worthy of like how fast we're growing, basically. Are you gonna
1: be adding one of these into the office then? For for all. Not the in a
2: million years. No, I'm gonna have. Uh, you know, we we're bouncing around some ideas. I think. Uh, you know, we're gonna have a paintball gun, and every time someone <laughs> we let that sales rep just unload a clip into the whole office, whatever. You know what I mean? We're gonna do something different. We don't want to, you know, do no. Uh,
1: I mean, people are having the OSHA issue with the gong in the head, man. I think a paintball gun, go, that's going to open
2: up. <laughs> whatever do man, you
0: have you a good know. HR department yet? <laughs>
2: hey, I, mean, I only hire tough guys, man. You know, like that's one thing I've noticed is this industry has gone so soft. Like I, I hate some of the stuff I see on LinkedIn. You know, I've always been uh, very direct uh, with, you know, I've managed a lot of people throughout my history, like, I always bring a good energy, bring a good vibe, but I don't, you know, I've never put up with like that. Uh, I I don't even know how to put it. Like, you know what people are saying? Like Gen Z type stuff, whatever. That's like Um,
1: politically correct, man. Like that's kind of, I mean, I feel like people are trying to have fun and people are telling them you're not professional, but like, if you've ever been in a big office or even like in what I used to run a plumbing company, and like, Yeah, yeah, like, right. like, yeah <laughs> like this drain layer, bro. <laughs> nice. Yeah, but like every Saturday, you know, Friday night, Saturday, like you could have the guys in the office. We'd all chill, you know, eat some food together, joke around, you know, like, I mean, I think we all kind of went into the bar where it's like, oh, you have to be super professional and boring. And I, mean, I don't know.
2: It's it's a little too much. Lazy. Yeah, I mean, like, that's my whole thing. If I'm not having fun doing it, it's pointless. And, yeah. and it's the same thing for everybody. If I would see someone that is working for me that's not having fun um you know i'm like I, I would have to change it i would have to do something because it's like you know what are you doing i don't want you to just you know uh live to work you know you work to live right uh but with that comes a, a set you know boundary like I, yeah there has know, to be a certain
1: level of work done before any like you know shenanigans <laughs>
2: no not even like trust me if you talk to people that have worked under me like it's fun 24 seven. We are messing around with each other all the time, but we're getting things done a hundred percent. Like, it's not like, oh, you have to sit at your computer for six hours and do this and do that. Like the work is getting done. We're having fun. We're hanging out. And uh, you know, that's why I- I've hired so many of like my friends and I've made a lot of friends from people I've hired personally, you know, we're together all the time on weekends during the day, because it's just like, that's, the whole point of it, you know what I mean? And people kind of like lose touch with that, especially, you know, right now is kind of what it feels like. So
1: yeah, I mean, I used to to tell my dispatchers, man, when I had an office and some dispatchers, like uh, we'd all be joking around. I I used to always tell them it'd be a lot more funny if we didn't have empty trucks, you know? But uh, I think you have to definitely have some fun, even when things are going
0: bad, Um, you know, you can't have a boring office and nobody's going to want to work there.
2: Yeah,
0: how, no, 100%. How would you describe like Drayage, you know, talking about, you know, hours and, you know, good culture sounds like you guys have. I agree with you 100%. If you're not having fun, I think you're in the long, wrong industry. Is Drayage – like when you compare Drayage like more to dry van freight or more to reefer hazmat freight? I mean, is there a lot of after hours or like or yeah, you um, get like, into power only.
2: <laughs> look, it's it's like it's a 24/7 job. But the thing is, is that the people that do it, enjoy it, like seriously, like my guys on the phone 24 seven, you know, after hours, we're talking on the phone 24 seven. We're playing Call of Duty together. We're talking about it in Discord, you know, we're <laughs> figuring things out, you know, so it's um, it, it is a 24 seven job, but it's not a job. It's a career. And, you know, if you're someone that is career driven and you love what you do. It's not really work at the end of the day, like they say. Yeah, because I Even mean, I feel like drive and freight. Once the trucks
1: are loaded, that's kind of it. Um, I've learned a lot from doing just power only, where it's like um, the job kind of never stops. You do one, two, three, four shipments in one day with a truck. You're talking to the guys. You're trying to book them freight at 7 p.m. because you know, like that that market doesn't fall asleep. I feel like you're always having trucks moving. I feel like you're always probably trying to, you know, get something moved at, at every time of the day.
2: Yeah, it, it differs because not all the locations are open 24-7. So that's the cool thing. Like, you know, a lot of guys.
1: Sometimes.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's it, everything is kind of like timed. Like a lot of the ports operate regular business hours and that's it. After that, you can't do anything, you know. No. Uh, but some of the railroads and things are open 24-7 BNSF, you know, places that operate all the time. Things are moving all the time, you know, so. Um, but again, like I don't mind. And that's why I've gained so many customers. I've gotten so close with a lot of like, um, you know, uh, Korean companies and, and they always respected me just cause like I'm picking up the phone all day, every day, you know, like it doesn't matter what time it is like we're handling business and that's how they operate too. So, uh,
0: it's only benefited me basically. I mean, everyone who is successful in this industry, I think a lot of people have that mindset. I mean, so much of today is, oh, you know, only work 30 hours, have a work-life balance. But I mean, our last guest, John, talked about the same thing. I mean, if you really want to get ahead in this industry, I mean, you got to kind of treat it like a, a 24/7, 24-7 job. If you don't, I mean, there's other people that are going to. You are know? going to, yeah. That's the thing. If you don't do it, someone else will, and they're going to get
1: ahead, and that's it.
2: Yeah. I mean, like business is my passion. So doing it at any time is like basically doing my favorite hobby at any time. Like to me, yeah, it's, it's not an issue. You know, when I see more dollars in the bank account, it's, you know, <laughs> it relieves a lot of stress.
1: The so. answer a driver's call, or I guess in your guys' cases, brokers, like a customer's call or something like Then It is. Like I'd rather pause my video game and, and do some work to see the dollars in the bank go up rather than, you know, say, Oh, it's past my work time. and you know, Like you have to have that attitude when you like what you're doing, when you want to get ahead, when you're building something like you have to do that. You
0: know? yeah, if you have any late night loads, guys, any brokers in the chat, if you have any late night pickups, you know, Reach out to Alex. That's his favorite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, I'll definitely answer the phone. My DMs are always open, man.
0: Kind of going back to this, because we have a lot of sellers, you know, that you tune into this, and you know, obviously you built something well. What would be your advice to trade sellers looking to get, you know, business? You know, what would kind of be some words of advice or how to prospect or just kind of maybe touch on that for a lot of the sellers we have in here.
2: Yeah, uh, you know, I don't want to say too much. I don't want to give up the secret sauce, you know, but uh, look, there's so many variables in drayage that if you find different issues and then solve that problem and give it to customers, you know, they're going to give you their business every time, especially if it's if it's cost savings. But the the industry is still very far behind from what it needs to be. So, you know. Like street turns, you know, that's a big thing that a lot of people have tried and, you know, they try and sell it, but they haven't figured it out. And basically what that is, is, um, you know, when you unload a container for like, um, you know, mayors let's say the steamship line, you're bringing that empty back, you know, without any reason for that round trip for that single amount that they paid you but you could take that empty container and pick up another load that's close to where you unloaded it and then that turns into an export it's called a street turn and then you get another rate confirmation for that for you know well you're making double the money now to go bring that to the uh port as an export instead of going back empty so you're creating full round trips and then what you could do is offer that to customers you know do a volume exchange work with an importer and an exporter that work Um, you know, with the same steamship lines, and then you could offer them a reduced rate because you're getting full round trip. So it's, it's going to be the most competitive rate either party is getting, and you're still making more at the end of the day, you know, so that's kind of like one example, and nobody's really figured that out very well yet. Um, But there's a ton of examples like that, just find problems, do your research, you know, you think about freight brokers uh, to stock brokers. Stockbrokers don't just dump money into a stock and hope that, you know, it makes them money. They do their research. They understand problems in a specific industry. A lot of these guys are just transactional, take a load off the spot board, try and make a rip off it. That's not what it's about. You know, you're never going to get anywhere like that. I mean, maybe you'll make some money and you'll make your company money, but you personally, you know, it's hard to progress like that. You're going to be in the same seat forever,
0: you know? I think he made some great points. I know there's a, a shipper on LinkedIn, uh, Tony, and there's a, been a running joke on LinkedIn for a while that he has all the drayage because there's so many drayage reps that don't do any research and they reach out to him. He doesn't do any drayage, but he gets yeah. constant, you know, and I, I think that kind of shows that there's so probably, not a dredge, so he No, he do doesn't here. do any drayage, but he gets constantly gets reached out to about drayage, and it's just like they're, I, they must not do any research to figure out, you know, what his company does, you know, to figure out that he doesn't have any trades, you know? Yeah.
2: Yeah. No, I mean, look, it happens a lot of times. I've done it before, you know, you kind of have these automated emails uh, through your like CRM and like prospects and stuff like that. You know, I have a lot of uh, uh, sales guys that use a lot of tech tools and, you know, some, every company has different titles. So if it's the right title at one company, it might not be the right title at at another company. Like I, I recently just got an email back. I contacted someone that their title was import specialist. you you think they work with containers? Because anybody that has import, a lot of the times, not everybody, but you know they handle imports. But this person had nothing to do with it. Import was used in a completely different term, not for actual freight, but like data import or something like that. <laughs> so, it happens you know the But just out there
1: making spreadsheets you're like hey can i run your container yeah.
2: i'm like can i just take as many excels and just throw them in the container <laughs> but you know it yeah it's it's a tricky game but whatever i respect the hustle man and that's what i look yeah, for i don't look for experience
1: or nothing i think on linkedin people just like slamming everybody sending them cold dms and this kind of stuff like
0: Yo, know, everybody's
1: just trying to like I know obviously you could do a better approach, and there's a lot of things where you'll just open and be like, Okay, like I respect the hustle, but this is terrible. But like at the end of the day, like people aren't afraid to at least try. I mean, if you don't try, you're never gonna win. So
0: Right. Do you do you sell on is? LinkedIn? That's a good question. You know, that's kind of what gets debated a lot. I mean, are you someone who sells on LinkedIn or are you prospect on LinkedIn and then sell outside of LinkedIn?
2: No, I mean like I sell myself on LinkedIn, you know, and it's like, you know, through my content and everything, people are like, OK, he's a all right guy. He's approachable. Right. And then I talk to people and see him at conferences and things like that. Um, I don't really like cold DM people, you know, unless um, like the only people I've really cold DM as of late is other brokers, because I've been helping some trucking companies, you know, get some freight um, for themselves because, you know, just personal friends that, you know, obviously struggling in this market,
0: but yeah, I don't really hit up a lot of shippers on, on LinkedIn, you know, It's funny you say that I was the same way. I didn't hit up shippers on LinkedIn, but I'm selling to brokerages now. And I feel like LinkedIn is a lot better tool for selling to brokerages than it is selling to shippers just because of the, because of the numbers, um, you know, in that sense, um, you know, kind of talking about your people too. Cause I mean, it sounds like your you know, people are, you know, important to you. Um, is it a competitive market in Chicago to get drayage reps um you know get you know get people to work or in that in that sense
2: uh not really again most of my hires are zero experience so they were delivering pizzas yesterday they're doing logistics (laughs) you know what i mean uh and, and that's how i prefer it um you know sometimes i hire people with experience of course but dude i'm tough on hiring like you know, I got to feel it from someone and they got to have energy. Yeah. And they the
1: willingness for gotta- work is like the main thing. You can like teach somebody some stuff yeah. if they want to be there. That's like 99% of it. It's like, energy-
0: harder to teach, though. Like, I feel like Dreyage overwhelmed me and I was you know, moving a lot of truckloads. I looked at Dreyage at one point because I had some customer ask. I was like, this is like rocket science compared to a you know, refuel. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I, I mean, had-
2: you- you just didn't have the right teacher, probably. Like it's really not that complicated when you jump into it. It's just more room for error, you know? But the actual like transportation, it's not that complicated. It's just new terms, it's different terms. You know what I mean? If you tried to, you know, haul a spaceship right now on a on a RGN, like you'd probably be confused too. Yeah, you know, that's true. but that's true. people do it for a living, man. You know, they just have the right person uh, teach them about it. So everybody makes trade very complicated when it's actually very simple. And the key I is feel just- like it's like people do stuff like
1: that not even just in this industry, but like I feel like certain niche people try to overcomplicate things so like mm-hmm. it kind of scares people out of entering that space.
2: Yeah, and that's like the whole reason behind turning it into a subscription because people do that to their customers too because it's like base rate and then boom 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 all these additional fees and like yeah, and like terms and reasons
1: that that person's probably never heard of or cares to learn about and you know they're just like fabricating like the, the complexity of it to charge more
2: like, yeah exactly and me i'm just like keep it simple you got a container yeah. you need it transloaded you need the drayage, it's a thousand dollars just
1: put in container amount of containers you need where does it need to go here's your flat rate and move that
2: That's yeah like- but, but for us, it's even crazier because we do that with the warehousing, the palletizing, the sorting, all of that is included in the oh. rate. So like other people really? will always give you the cost of pallets. You know, it's $12 a pallet. It's this and that. No, we consolidated all of that into one rate. And I'm going to have a tool soon. So if you own an e-commerce business or whatever, you know, if you were importing stuff and you had a floor load with 2,000 cartons, right? And you used our tool, it would tell you the price, 1,500 all in, and all of that is included all the way to the final destination. Even the, fi- we're even gonna incorporate the final mile delivery to the consumer into that rate. So if you have hundred containers a month, it's $45,000, we're doing all that. We're taking the container, we're transloading, trucking it to the distribution center or the final mile delivery. Uh, to deliver it to your customer From
1: the ship, once the container comes off the ship, you can price it from the minute it hits the floor to the minute it hits its final destination. You can price all of that flat rate.
2: All in, yeah. Wow. It's going to be a game changer.
1: Oh, yeah. That sounds just so like so simple for somebody trying to move freight like like somebody that has the container here's the price from the ship to the place you need it to go to and that's it well
0: that's what so it's with- confusing to me was looking at all the different accessorials and all the different costs and this this and that i mean it's you're right it sounds a lot simpler this way
2: even like i said even the final mile portion and, and the funny thing is is that includes installation so that one rate if you got a container full of TVs to, you know, do all that work then palletize it or, you know, probably already palletized or created TVs. But, you know, just as an example, all that to the city it needs to go in. And then my guys, my own assets, you know, our vans are going to deliver that to the person's door and they're going to install that TV on their wall. And that's what you're train. doing
1: like sprinter van like geek squad yep. style like even even to that level like even straight to the consumer's house like yeah to drill it onto their wall man
2: we're gonna become like the amazon prime.
1: yeah
2: we're gonna be like the amazon prime for like
0: b2b yeah that's is ambitious,
1: everybody, though. That's you know? ambitious, to say the least. And definitely, like, something, if you can pull that off, that sounds wild. Man.
0: Sounds like the next
1: Netflix compared to, like... <laughs> yo, yo, I've been, for some reason, I've been having Netflix in my head when he
2: said subscriptions. Because I watched... That's what I said. Them, right? I made a post about that. I was like, we're going to be the Netflix of... Oh, I didn't chain.
0: even see that, but that, that makes a lot of lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah no,
2: people, I
1: mean, like, that's a revolution, you know, like Netflix style. The first subscription, like, you know, that's crazy.
0: Does yeah. anyone in our chat? If anyone has any questions, um, you know, for cause, put it in the uh, put it in the chat. I was just looking up to see if we missed. There was a question for you, Alex. For real, you don't run under four dollars a mile.
1: Yeah, 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 I'm gonna leave that one uh, up to everyone to figure out. Like, I'm gonna say uh, nothing about that.
0: Uh, here's the uh, Gabriel Scott. Actually, he was a guest on our uh, on our show. Has a has a question. If your cost is considered so cheap effective as you said are you sure this won't lowball the carriers pay in your process of operations
2: yeah so again like we have our own infrastructure set up so everybody's happy you know even if i do outsource to carriers they're not complaining but a lot of the stuff is on hourly drivers or i mean you know salary drivers so uh there's no, yeah, there's this is no what our
1: operators getting people. paid per load this is yeah
2: everybody's making money like it's not you know again i don't do transactional business i don't do spotty business it's all relationship based so if you were to ask me for a load today and we didn't have a long talk and go through everything and make sure that it works for you and it works for me and we're both making money i'm never going to give you that business you know we're never just going to last minute throw out to people we don't know it just doesn't work like that we're like an entire distribution network we're not Just like a typical you know uh transactional freight broker or whatever
1: yeah i mean if you're having basically in the sense it's like in in the sense it's a company driver i mean that guy chose to work for the 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 salary rate i mean he's not going to get lowballed because he's getting paid what he gets paid if he runs one load 15 loads like whatever is within his his ELD, and that's it
2: yeah and then you know some stuff we do have to outsource but um are you know the conversation like right now the market sucks right and we're competitive but you know we have those sit downs and it's like is this enough is this enough money right and they say you know yeah it works and it's volume so it keeps them running because right now it's better to survive than to lose money you know what i mean and that's what it is with a volume trade-off at the current moment so You know everybody's happy they're still paying the bills they get a little bit of volume their drivers are moving their drivers are happy you know in those instances and uh that's how it works yeah i mean
1: i would say like um you can't lowball somebody that uh is a company driver you know i mean like with the exception of offering them a battery to to drive for you they accepted it then you know that's that's kind of how it goes if yeah,
0: dollar rates just go to Alex. Alex will accept dollar a mile. So <laughs> no, yeah. no, 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 don't put that out there. Nobody should accept dollar a mile ever. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding.
2: Yeah. But <laughs> Alex, that's how we would negotiate it. I'd be like, look, I got a hundred truckloads out of this location every month. I'm gonna give you this rate. Do you have you know your own back hauls to get there to make it a round trip to keep your dollar per mile, you know, where it needs to be at? If I'm paying you this much. And that's the conversation we would have. I wouldn't call yeah. you and be like, Alex, I got one load, it might turn into more, I'm paying you 1,600 bucks. You know what I mean? Like, it's just- it,
1: No, I mean, it's, you're looking more in the grand scheme of things, like a big picture. Like, like you said, it's contracted without the contract. Like I do a lot yeah. of that stuff where I have brokers that give me loads. It Let's call a contract that there's no contract. You know, I know the guy's gonna pre-book me two weeks in advance. I'm gonna run every load he, he offers to me for the most part. And I mean, that's a relationship. That's how that goes. And touching on that. Actually, now that I've talked to you, what do you need to run in the ports? Because I know the railroads is that UIIA certificates. Um, is, is ports is just Twic card, or can we – you don't have to have a Twic card for that? Or what?
2: There, There's a bunch of stuff that goes into it. Yeah, you need a Twic card. Uh If you don't have a Twic card, if you're picking up, like, you know, stuff that goes on a flatbed directly off a ship, you can get, like, Twic escorts. Uh, yeah. You know, you need peer passes, all this stuff. Um like, let's
1: say for me for example, if I wanted to give you one of my trucks, like he has nothing, like no twig, no nothing. Like how does how does one get into that as owner? I
2: wouldn't yeah, I wouldn't take him, man. That's no no, that's, I get like
1: you specifically wouldn't take him, but I'm saying like yeah. let's say one of my drivers wants to do support work, like where does he even begin? Like I guess Twig card, that would be like
2: the first oh. thing. I mean, look, this is what I do when I have to train new drivers, because if I know a driver is good, but he doesn't know Drayage and I know him personally because I've dispatched him before or whatever, I just throw him in with a driver that's doing it. I'll be like, look, dude, I'll pay you, you know, twelve hundred bucks for the week uh, just to get trained, basically. And this guy's going to show you the ins and outs. And then you have to register that driver with the uh, UIIA. You know, if you're like, for example, if you're in Chicago, so you got to put him in the system. You got to have all their information, driver's license, um, you know, all that. And it's it's not complicated. It's not a complicated process. It's just
1: paperwork.
2: Yeah, it's just paperwork, basically, at the end of the day. And then you got to make sure that, you know. As far as like the safety and because you know there's a couple differences, um, but if if you're in the business, you're in the business. So, so I mean, as we're getting ready
1: to wrap up here, like my real question, or I guess the question people watching might have, um, are you looking for new customers? How do they go about like reaching out to you about working with you and that
2: kind of stuff? DM. (laughs) yeah find me on linkedin (laughs) yeah no you know always man we're always out there uh looking you know to service as many people as we can and you know that kind of distribution network so um you know we're i would say we're a very cost effective option even now but we always will be we're not really going to fluctuate with the market we're kind of like
0: you know uh we're our own club you know I, yeah. I feel like this whole conversation i've kind of gotten the idea like maybe because i'm a chess player but you're playing chess not checkers i mean you're not transactional you're counter all this different you know back calls. you know this factor this factor i mean you're you're going at it in a more complicated way than most brokers are and i think that's why you're successful you know, we-
2: yeah it's like you know every broker wanted to be the next digital broker And what does that mean? Right? They just want a digital load or or whatever. That's not we're trying to be the next. We're trying to be the subscription. We're focusing on the money and the cash flow. We're not focusing on the tech. Of course, there's going to be tech behind it, but we're not looking to uh, get evaluated and make money based off that tech. That tech is just going to be a tool for you know simplifying things not i feel like as a carrier every
1: innovative broker has pitched carriers like hey we're the next best thing and it's literally just an autonomous load board where you can't talk to a real person to get like real information Like my biggest pet peeve with that like my biggest one is jb hunt where they're like oh hey you can do this load this is the shipper this is the delivery i'm not going to tell you where the empty is i'm not going to tell you where to drop the empty until after you book it and as a carrier, I just want to talk to, like, a human for, like, one minute and just be like, hey, Ken, like, can you have, like Uber Freight. JD, like, these people are just pushing me onto an autonomous load board, and, like, it's annoying. I don't want that. Like I want to no. do
2: And look, it's funny you bring that up because customers and drivers have one thing in common. They don't want to use mobile apps. It's never going to work. It's never going to be sustainable. Nobody wants to get tracked all the time. Nobody wants to do double the work by updating their TMS and updating a mobile app and all this stuff. It's just not realistic, and that's what most of it is, uh, you know, based off of. Yeah, whoever
1: asks me to send them a POD, like, only into their system on their own website, like, that drives
0: me insane, bro. I just want to email it to you and, like, not think about it anymore. It's just complicated. I got got another list of, uh, you know... A freight that alex wants you guys do you have complicated pod's <laughs> equipment, and one dollar a where do i can
1: never talk to a real person and i have to go through extra steps to upload the pod's to get tension. I, I i want that send all of that to me i never want to talk to a human again to me.
2: <laughs> four baby. smartphones for four different digital yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, but I think subscription is that. That's like, you know, Netflix did it. They were the first ones. They're like, hey, subscribe, you know, like eight bucks and you can watch anything you want. People are like blown away. And like, from my knowledge, nobody's doing what you're doing. Everybody's just pushing you onto a different load board. And that's it. They're like, hey, come on to my load board and, and haul free, put up your free, like whatever it is.
2: Yeah, I mean, look, it's like Amazon is basically just a logistics company at the end of the day. You know, and it's like you got to look through it. They're just an amazing distribution network. And if you looked at my LinkedIn, I personally taught Jeff Bezos everything he knows about transportation and logistics <laughs> uh, back when I was like three years old. So, you know, it's, it, there's a, there's an easier way of doing things. And that's what we're going to pursue. Oh. Well,
0: yeah. it was a good learning experience for me. Like I said, I didn't know much about yeah, grades. You know, I, I learned a lot. So it was great having, great having you on no i'll since invoice
2: you guys for the f- consulting <laughs> after
0: since cause didn't bring on any visuals of his
1: own uh, i took the liberty to make one for him before he came on
2: yeah that's my future yeah
1: that, uh that's going to describe him best and his attitude best as a free spirit <laughs> and uh, i think that's a good place to leave it with you man no, i
2: love it man hey it was great it was great chatting with you guys thanks for having me on okay, thanks for your yeah, time no thanks, thanks for coming for teaching
1: on me, teaching me stuff about drage and the, all, all the best luck man going forward
2: yeah i'll see you in the comments section alex <laughs> we're gonna, <laughs> yeah we're gonna keep going <laughs> <at> it, <bro. laughs> all right
0: man take it all easy Take it take easy. well that was great that was great um you know i mean i, I learned a lot um and you know cause is very entertaining and explained it well and um very i see why he does well in sales a very charismatic Uh, guy
1: yeah i think he said it best was when you're like oh hey i'm a little confused by drage and he just said hey maybe you just didn't have the best T-shirt." and i mean (laughs) everything he said to me like it's just plain english like we're gonna take it from the ship put it onto a chassis put it in the warehouse like it it doesn't have to be complicated that's the thing
0: hey before we forget because i feel like we never say this on our show um you know, at the beginning or end. Now, I'm not talking about the disclaimer. I was saying... Oh, uh, hey, hey, I almost forgot. To, to give, us, uh, give us a follow, Real Freight Talk. Uh, subscribe to us on YouTube. Um, you know, if you like the show, um, you know, support us. Give us a follow yeah, on yeah, uh, YouTube. typical influencer, like, like, comment, share, subscribe. <laughs> we never really do that. I mean, we don't ever really say that. And I'm like, oh, I might as well start saying that. Um, we're hey, we're going to get on Twitter here one of these days, too. But Alex is the the funny guy in our partnership. So he's going to have to like feed me what to say. So and what, hey, what means to
1: put. Matt's the, definitely the more office oriented, you know, serious chess player. I'm definitely more of the, the class clown. So let's put it that way. Good, good combination. Hey, it was a good episode, man. Thank you for your time. Great to see cause great to finally, Oh, we forgot to ask him why he calls himself the supply chain cowboy. That was the, the one
0: question I Drop the ball me. on that.
1: Yeah, I guess I'll ask him over at DMs. <laughs> yeah.
0: If you guys are looking for our next show, we may or may not go live Friday. Um, if we don't do a show on Friday, we'll be back live uh, Wednesday before Tuesday or Wednesday before Thanksgiving.
1: Yeah. All well, right, Have a good rest of your day, man, and I'll see you in episode six. Yeah, you
0: too. Hopefully your, uh, your trucks are all uh, all going to get picked out. Yeah, we're so going to get back to the four-per-mile of Zaysa. Yeah. All right. Take it easy, Alex. Yeah, you too. Right.